Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Consciously Unbecoming podcast. If you are a regular listener or you just were doing a little bit of homework on this podcast, you probably have noticed that I've been on a little bit of a hiatus. I've just... uh haven't been really showing up to have the bandwidth to actually dig into the podcast and give this podcast the love that it deserves. It's not because it's not special to me. It's very special to me, um, more special than I, I think I've really let on or spoken about on here. Um, but really, it's been about trying to find my voice, trying to release so much stored up energy within my body, within my chakras to be able to get to this point to share my truth and to really talk about it. And that's really what we're digging into today on this episode is unbecoming our need to always be around people, to feel like we can't go at it alone, to feel like we can't stand on our own two damn feet. And that's really what has hit me with this podcast and just in so many different ways in my life that um, I really wanted to explore that. And I feel like I'm finally at a place where I have the language to talk about it. So let's do the damn thing, right? Like, let's go for it. I'm back and I'm solo because I'm doing this on my own, the Consciously Unbecoming podcast was always something that has been in my heart and and my soul for a very long time. And I started it off as a solo endeavor, endeavor and, and it has morphed a few times and is now back into a solo endeavor. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But to do the intro, welcome back to Consciously Unbecoming, the podcast where we look at all of our beliefs that society, our upbringing, our parents, our trauma has given to us or how really thrust at us and force fed us to believe. And we really did not have a say in any of that. So this podcast goes into what it's like to dismantle those beliefs and finally live a life by our own design. I am your host, Jess Kylie Vogelpohl. I've moved back to a hyphenated. That's such a fun, that's such a fun story. We'll dig into that in a later episode. But today we are talking about standing on our own two feet and really understanding what that looks like. And I noticed that I would say in the last six, eight months, I have been seeking out experiences and doing them solo. I realize that I like doing things alone. I mean, I love being alone, right? Don't get me wrong. I actually have the tendency to hermit a lot and to really isolate. A lot of that stems from um, just wanting to avoid because I'm so overwhelmed that I just completely shut down and that's my body's response. Um, but really, uh, this this need to do things solo started when I realized I loved going to concerts by myself. So I went to the Noah Khan concert. I know, shout out, local Vermont artist, um, but I actually saw him in New York City because I was taking my damn time and did not buy my tickets to the Vermont shows when my friend told me about it. Sorry about that. So I went solo to New York City and here I am in Webster Hall just listening to one of my favorite, favorite artists singing some of my favorite songs and just in my entire body is on fire in the best way possible. And I love just being in my element of being by myself and and dancing and singing and, and meeting new people that also share the love for this artist as well. And I thought, dang, this is pretty darn cool. And then I started going, I've always loved going to art museums. 
I started going to art museums by myself and putting my headphones in and just really being in my element and looking at art and experiencing art. And I realized, hey, I really like going to museums and looking at art by myself. So we're seeing a trend here, right? Um, I also, since moving to Vermont, well, really even before that, living in St. Louis, I loved to hike. But as you can imagine, being in Missouri, there's just not as many opportunities to do so. And for example, like if I wanted to go hike anywhere like remotely cool, I would have to jump in the car, drive like an hour to get to somewhere. And just that's a whole thing. And that's that's not what I want. But living in Vermont now, I've really gotten into it. I love hiking. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will see that I just obviously it's a part of my identity. Whew. And so I started going on these hikes and at first they're probably like in Vermont. I was scared of hiking because I'm like, wow, like all these people that hike here, it's really freaking intense. Like every time I see hikers, they've got on these giant ass bags and these hiking poles and like, can I do this? Like, am I really cut out to hike like this? And so I just started on these little paths, which really felt like dirt roads through the woods. (laughs) It's like just taking a nature walk. And I'm like, you know, I think I'll call it a hike you know? Um, but it, it started, it started building confidence within me. And, and I I love the term confidence anchors or joy anchors. So for me, a confidence anchor is they can happen all the time. It's when you do something that you didn't think you could or were capable of doing and you did it. Like you, you didn't need to work through your nerves. You just kind of showed up with those nerves regardless and you proved yourself wrong. And so for me, I like to have those, those confidence anchors. I have a, a running note in my, in my, or on my phone where I just jot these confidence anchors down. So when I'm starting to feel kind of well insecure about what I'm about to embark on, I go through this list of all these things that I've already completed that I thought I never could. And it just really fills me up. And so that's a confidence anchor. I do the same thing um, with what's called a joy anchor. And uh, where where those really help out is when I am in a depression state where I'm just not my best and it's hard to show up. And, you know, the little things that I, I once thought were joyful and love doing are starting to get really hard. And, and that's how I know that I'm in a depressed state. And so I will refer back to these joy anchors of mine that also are able to raise my frequency and my vibration and help me to start pull myself out of whatever that, that depressed state is and whatever that, that feeling that's causing that, that state of being. So for me, there's this, I went out of town. I used to travel a lot for work. And I went out of town. I was gone for a, a while, and my son was getting a bath. And I, he was, it was still pretty little. Um, oh, he's still little now. Like I don't want him to ever grow up, right? But um, he was little. And I peek around the corner, and he just has this big old gummy smile. You know the smile, like when kids don't have any teeth, like babies don't have teeth, and they just smile so big and so cheesy at you. It's just beautiful. He does that, and basically leaps out of the bathtub and just like just I say run but crawls over this is how little we're talking crawls over up into my lap 
and just hugs me and just, oh, I'm just like overwhelmed right now with emotion, just how beautiful that moment was for me. And so I have these joy anchors and that's one of them. So I urge you to find some confidence anchors and some joy anchors. They have really done numbers for me in and really helping myself get out of whatever negative state that I am in and I don't want to be in. So how the hell does this relate to hiking? How the hell does this relate to doing things on my own? So those, those, little, uh, you know, nature walks as I I think I should call them when I first started hiking here in Vermont, you know, the little, the dirt path through the woods that I, I call a hike (laughs) and it is right. It's, it's a hike. Come on, watch our language people. Um, anyway, so I would start on these, these nature walks and, there were times that they were difficult. And I remember thinking every time I I finished this difficult thing, I would be like, wow, look at that. I did that. Like I did that moments ago. I thought I couldn't and I did. And so that became a confidence anchor for me. Well, I went to go tackle Mount Mansfield, which if you're familiar with Vermont, it's a real big ass mountain. (laughs) And me not really having um, necessarily done major hikes with all kinds of, um, you know, like having to, to rock rock climb. And I think they call it scrambles um, and all these like really crazy things on my hike. I hadn't really encountered those yet. So I'm like, I love hiking in what's called Underhill State Park here in Vermont. And it's just beautiful. It's just so peaceful. I love the, love the vibe of this, this state forest in the state park. And so I'm like, okay, I walk up to the counter to get some information and to get a map. And the people in front of me were like, Hey, um, we're going to hike the, I believe it was called the Maple Ridge, Maple Ridge pathway. It's like an 8.8 mile hike. And the woman is like, oh, wow, this is a beautiful hike. You're really going to love it. it. It is difficult. And so for me, I'm like, okay, I'm like, here I am listening. This sounds like a, what a beautiful day. And um, she's talking about all the sites that you're going to see and just the experiences. I'm like, this sounds wonderful. Right up my alley. I don't have anything to do. I'm going to do it. Okay. So I, I embark on this Maple Ridge Trail. Now, just for the record, Um, this is one of those hikes that I probably should have been like those hikers that I was intimidated by when I first moved to Vermont with the big ass bags and the poles and everything. Um, because I definitely, it was definitely an experience and, and I'll talk a little bit about it, but, um, it was a beautiful experience. I got to see waterfalls. I, I climbed, um, you know, to the top of a summit. I learned that, all kinds of things about about this on this hike. It was just beautiful. And what was really, really freaking cool is I remember like when you're hiking, when you're hiking in the mountains in Vermont, especially on the trail that I was on, when you're doing that, uh, you you really have two choices. You can get scared and um, basically probably die or, you know, get lost or whatever. Maybe I'm being dramatic, but I mean, there are people that get lost on these hikes very frequently oh, and get really hurt and nobody finds them. And, and so, okay, that's a little dramatic, but anyways, um, so you have two choices. You can either keep going and, and conquer your fear in the moment, or you can just stay stuck. And I think that's just a beautiful metaphor for life and, and hiking. So the next time you are going about life and, and you are presented with these two choices, think about my ass being freaking scared shitless, um, on this hike and having lost the trail because the signage was messed up. And um, if you're into hiking, I use this app called All Trails. Uh, 
I think that's what it's called. Yeah. All trails. Oh my gosh. Just had a, a moment, uh, all trails. And then I also like to have a paper map just to have both of them. Well, the signage was got, got a little weird and it's getting to be, it's getting to be about that time when the sun is setting. Okay. So the sun is setting and I'm getting a little bit scared. I can feel rain coming in. There's a chill in the air. It just feels cold. And I get to this point where I'm like, I cannot find the trail. And so in that moment, I, you know, my intuition kicks in and just survival skills start kicking in. Uh, and I pushed aside my ego. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do what I can. And I'm going to, to get myself out of this situation. Well, just a few factors. I was not prepared for this hike. I did not have my big ass bag. I did not have my poles. I like, I, I've never hiked with poles before in my life, but um, like I didn't, I wasn't prepared at all. And so when they told me that or how long that 8.8 loop was going to take, I had plenty of water for 8.8 miles. Like I was prepared in that regard. Well, let's just talk about the fact that, well, I got really freaking lost and what was supposed to be 8.8 miles is now teetering on 13 miles and it's sunset. I'm out of water. I don't have snacks. I'm starting to get really freaked out. I'm getting a little, you know, it's scary. And I find a clearing and I walk to the road and in in Vermont, there's these, it's called the Stowe gondolas. So beautiful. If you've ever, if you're ever coming to Vermont, you have to ride them. And so it's off season right now. Or it's, excuse me, they weren't operating because it was, it was the actual ski lifts. People like ski people. If I'm messing up my, my verbiage here, just remember I'm from the Midwest. I'm doing my best to learn the cultural language. Okay. Y'all. Um, so I get to this point where it's the, the ski lifts and I'm like, okay, there's gotta be a water fountain here at this point. My first goal is I want to get hydrated and, and feel a little bit better so I can start making logical decisions. Couldn't find any water. My phone is about to die. Like, could this get any freaking worse? Like probably, absolutely it could have. Um, so I decide to walk down to the road. I sit on the steps and I call the, the emergency number give them my location, let them know where I am. And I'm telling them like the whole situation. Well, I could not get a hold of ski patrol. I could not get a hold of anyone to, to come, you know, come and rescue me per se. And this woman at the state park that I originally started at, um, she couldn't get a hold of them either. Then my phone dies. So now at this point, the sun is going down even further and I am not feeling well at all. Alas, a few cars start driving by and I see that it's it's somebody that presents as, as a man and just him in the car. And I decide, okay, my safety says, this is not a good situation. I don't, I don't want to be in that one. Okay. So another car goes by, same thing. I'm like, shit, like this, there's not that many people that go up here at this time of the evening. Well, this, this wonderful, beautiful black BMW SUV, I'll never forget it, comes down the mountain. And it's this, this mother and her two children, her two teenage children in the car. And she rolls her window down. And I, I tell her, I'm like, I know that this is uncomfortable situation. And I know that I'm, I'm not a person that, you know, but I am safe. Here's a list of my credentials and about my life and all this stuff. And she's like, Oh, hop in. You're fine. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so then we are driving, we are driving and, um, 
we had to take a detour. It was this whole thing. This beautiful family who um, the son was getting ready to go on his first Dave Matthews concert experience. So he was like binging all of the music. Um, he is just rocking Dave Matthews. I feel like I'm living the time of my life because I freaking love Dave Matthews and was obsessed with him in high school and college. So it was great. This beautiful family drives me almost an hour back to my car. They're late for their dinner plans. Uh, it's, it's this whole thing, but we had this really beautiful experience that we shared together. It gets me a little teary eyed thinking about just thinking about that because what a beautiful experience that was for me. Uh, and so to really bring it all back, like that hike right there, that hike taught me so much about number one, being able to stand on my own two feet and make decisions in, in a split second that are going to to help me and to be able to trust the decisions that I make too, that I, I am divinely guided, that I have intuition, that that I, I have enough sense about myself to make decisions. But the kicker here is to trust those decisions. Because I haven't always trusted the decisions that I make. A lot of that um, stems back to a lot of trauma that has happened to me. And and um, that's no fun. It's not fun not being able to trust ourselves and, and our decisions. And that in turn makes us feel not very confident and really alters how we show up in the world. And that's no fun. But that hike also taught me a really important lesson of, yes, we need to be prepared. <laughs> like, Be prepared for things that, that are dangerous as best as we can. Um, absolutely be, pre- be prepared. But then all of those, the situations that we think that we can't accomplish, we freaking can. Like my, my path looked about a lot different. I, I didn't necessarily complete that loop, that 8.8 mile loops loop. Yes, I did it in about, I hiked for 13 miles, but still had maybe like three or four miles to go before I actually reached my destination. Um, so I mean that, like my path was different and I didn't necessarily end up conquering or, or experiencing the the path that I set out, but I learned some really cool lessons along the way. And isn't that the damn point of life? Like, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing is just reeling in all of the lessons that we can learn and realizing that life truly does happen for us. It does not happen to us. And when we shift our perspective, everything changes. We now see the day-to-day derailments. We see the the heartache, the frustration, everything that just doesn't inspire joy in us. We see those now as adventures of, okay, like I trust myself in this situation. I love myself. I trust myself. I honor myself. I value myself. Um, this is going to be okay. It's, it's going to be okay. And I, I just, I love that lesson. And um, And then also being able to ask for help. I very well could have let my ego step in and asking for help uh, is it's a lot easier for me, but it hasn't always been that way. And and I know probably a lot of you listening can relate that asking for help is freaking excruciating. I was having this conversation earlier today um, with someone that I deeply care about and they were saying they're going through just a really tough time right now with some family stuff and um him and his sister were going back and forth and they, they were messaging and, and just talking about how it's really difficult to ask for help. And, and his sister said, I didn't realize that you were having such a tough year. I'm really sorry for that. And I'm really sorry that, that you felt like you couldn't come to me. And I've created this environment that, that whatever. And, uh, I've created this environment that, um, 
you know, you think you can't come to me. And his response was really beautiful. And he said, it's not that I thought I couldn't come to you. It's just that I didn't have the language to know how to ask for help. I wasn't able to step back for a second and realize that by asking for help, by sharing my vulnerable feelings in these moments, that I'm actually being strong. I'm being strong for doing that because it, asking for help is one of the most difficult things for a lot of people, especially if growing up, that wasn't modeled to you. And a lot of people in, in my, in my age range, I think, you know, if, if you're like 30 and up, uh, you may have had parents that just come from the generation of, you just got to do it. Like you just got to do it. You got to shut up. You got to do it. You suck it up, buttercup and go for it. And that's not, there's, there's is a level of that that is needed in the world, right? I mean, we do need that sometimes where we just got to say, you know, screw all, screw the fear, screw all of the nerves. I'm going to do the damn thing anyways. I'm going to suck it up and I'm just going to go for it. Um, but it's when we are constantly denying our emotions and, and we're pushing those emotions further and further down, or we're pushing that ability to ask for help. Uh, when we think we have to do it on our own, well, our children see that. We saw that as children with our parents. And, and when that has happened, and then your brain sees that happening over and over and over again, what it does is it then creates that belief system that asking for help is hard, or excuse me, let me rephrase that, that, that we shouldn't ask for help, that we should just do it on our own. So then anytime we, we even have this semblance of life or semblance of this belief pop up where we really probably should ask for help, that belief pops up and is like, yo, dude, remember that time? Um, I created this belief within you based on everything that I saw throughout childhood. And now, now bro, any deviation from that, um, that, that core belief of asking for help is, is wrong and we shouldn't do it. I'm going to set, set off all these alarm bells in your body to make it feel like the most excruciating uphill battle. Like you cool with that? Like you cool? Awesome. I don't care if you're cool with it. That's how I'm wired. (laughs) So that's what's happening in the brain in those moments. And so it's up to us to say, no, I, I need to ask for help. It's up to us to rewire those beliefs that that are, are are so deeply ingrained with with us and how we show up in the world. And so I learned, and I would say I've been working on that. Hey, I need to learn to ask for help, and also learn to ask for help, and then be okay with them. Be okay with them helping, and also be okay with them helping, even if it's in a way that you wouldn't necessarily do it. Like, calm down, let them help you you need help right now. It's okay if it's not done the way that you wanted it done. It's cool. So asking for help was something that when I was younger, I didn't necessarily, I had parents that didn't have a problem asking for help. Um, like my, like my dear loved one that I was just discussing and that story with his sister, the way that I grew up was asking, um, asking for help as a child of, of two parents that had a very, very emotionally, um, codependent relationship. There was, you know, lots of, um, lots of yelling, lots of fighting, just all kinds of things there and, and mental, some mental health hurdles too, that were present with my, my parents. And so for me, I learned very quickly that when I ask for help, it rocks the boat. Mom and dad get into a fight. I end up crying. It's a whole thing. And I just don't want to do that. Well, as a child, do that a few times. And that became a belief of mine. And so I have been working on that, that belief and dismantling that belief for, for a while. And that one on in itself, there's so much to unpack with asking for help and not being able to. But, um, on that hike, 
it, it reminded me, it, it just completely validated and confirmed just the beauty that can come from asking another human to help us when we need it. Because as humans, we are wired to do that. We are wired to love. We are wired to, to give help to those. We are wired to take care of one another. And, and regardless of who was terrible to you when you asked for help one time or regardless of, you know, feeling like people might have ulterior motives when help, whatever that belief system is for you surrounding asking for help, you can't project that onto every single human that you encounter and don't ask help from. We just can't do that because that's not fair to them. We need to speak our truths even when that requires needing help, even when that requires saying, hey, I don't really know how to do this or I, I need help in this situation, regardless of what our ego is saying in that moment, speaking up, asking for help, and then letting that person receive that need for help in whatever way they are going to receive it. It's a beautiful thing. I had such a beautiful experience because I did ask for help and it reminded me that I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep letting people in on my life regardless of of all of the trauma. And I know that it's ironic because we're talking about at the beginning of this episode, the importance of standing on our own two feet and knowing that we really can do things by ourselves. That And, and I'm talking about asking for help, but don't they, isn't it one in isn't it kind of one and the same? It feels like it goes hand in hand because when we are standing on our own two feet, there are going to be times where we are going to need help when we're going to have to ask for that help and that's okay. It's also ironic that I'm saying, okay, like standing on our own two feet here and, um, and then, you know, letting people in. It's a beautiful thing, my friends. It really truly is. Uh, letting people in is not an easy task for me. It, it takes a, there's a lot of walls that I have and I'm slowly learning to, to knock those down. But, um, it, it's important for me that I'm able to stand on my own two feet to do things that I, I thought that I previously couldn't do. Like on the hike, I remember specifically there was this there was this like wall of rocks that, and the little arrows, if you've, if you've ever been hiking before, there's trail markers usually on rocks or on the path or, you know, cut on trees that show you where to go. And so there was these little blue arrows and they're pointing directly freaking up. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I have to climb up this freaking rock wall. Um, okay. Like, and so again, I had two choices, stay stuck, literally stay exactly where I was, um, or, or go back. And that would have been hellish. Um, or I can do this thing and not need to calm my nerves, not need to have all the answers and be completely confident in my abilities, but just to move, just to act and to, to do the damn thing, the obstacle that's in front of me and just to go for it. And that's what I did. And I loved how I got to the top of that little rock wall. It wasn't little. It was big. I'm, I'm downplaying it. Um, this, this tall rock wall that I had to climb again without freaking gear. Now for the record, this rock wall, if I would have fallen, it wouldn't have killed me. Um, so like, don't freak out. I'm not, not that reckless. Um, but I get to the top of this wall and I, I literally said out loud, holy shit, five seconds ago, you thought you couldn't do this and you just freaking did it. Wow. Like it's, it just, it still, it gives me chills. It makes me emotional just thinking about it right now. It was just so beautiful. And so standing on our own two feet is important. 
finding those confidence anchors that remind us that, that we are fierce, that we have encountered harder things, that we have done, we have done the things that we thought we couldn't do and we conquered them. And then also learning along the way that while it is important to know that we do not need anything outside of ourselves to be whole, that we are completely whole as we are in any season, regardless of what we are feeling and thinking and going through, we are freaking whole. Remember that we are a whole being, okay? We don't need anyone. We don't need anything outside of ourselves to make us feel complete and whole inside. And so remember that it is important to stand on our own two feet. And what I mean by that is, of course, doing things solo if you want to do things solo, but knowing that you don't need anything else. You don't need anyone else. You just need the guidance that's within you. You need to tap into it and you need to love and trust yourself. Trust yourself that you know the answers. And I know I know that that's difficult. I'm trying and battling that every single day of my life. But I think that that is a beautiful blessing that we get to look in the dark, shadowy parts of ourselves and we get to rewrite those beliefs and rewrite how we take up space and show up in the world. I'm so grateful that we spent this time together. I'm so grateful to be back here sharing my truth, talking with all of you and, and, um, and just and just helping because like i said in the beginning this podcast it started off as a solo endeavor and somewhere along the line i i lost confidence in myself to be able to stand on my own two feet to feel like i had enough street cred uh, to be able to launch a successful podcast and to actually have something to talk about and we are 28 almost 29 minutes into this podcast and we're ending soon and i didn't run out of anything to say I didn't have any notes in front of me. I just went with what was in my heart and I knew the theme of it. And for me, this moment right here that you all are experiencing, that you're sharing with me right now, this is a confidence anchor for me. I don't need to always be prepared. I don't need to always know how to say the right thing or the most perfect thing. I can show up and so can you. We can show up authentically in this world speak our truths and let other people receive that the way that they need to receive that because we are worthy. We are whole exactly as we are. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. I hope that you have a beautiful, beautiful day or night or whenever you're you're listening to this. Thanks for tuning in to Consciously Unbecoming. If you haven't, uh, do me a solid and follow um, at consciously.unbecoming on Instagram. I would really, really appreciate that. And and DM me and say hi. Um, I'm the only one that runs that account. So you'll be speaking to me, Jess, and would love to know what you would love to, to chat about and for me to riff about. All right. Bye. Have a good day.